ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit. Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. What's up, Timmy? What's up, Will? Welcome to another week of... Above Ground Podcast. That's right, Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below, and we are still in lockdown mode, still still using the old Zoomaroos. Zoomaroos. The old Zoomskis, <laughs> which has been great, man. That's awesome. I, yeah, you know, it's something, right? Yeah, absolutely. At least we still get to communicate. Still yeah. To, we still get to socially distant and, uh, you know, all that stuff. Getting Actually, a little, th- getting a little tired to, of the socially distance. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Thanks to Will, though, he was the one that really, uh, really pushed the whole Zoom, you know, to do that. And if it was up to me, I would have been like, yeah, let's just, you know, redo some old ones or, you know, re- replay some of the old episodes. But uh, thankfully, Will persisted and we're, we're here doing it. That's right. Timmy, I think you've got a, a, a new review for us, man. We do have a new review on the Above Ground podcast, which is pretty awesome. This is from March 11th, so not that long ago. Uh, it's a thumbs up. We got from Tommy Vix. It's Tommy V-I-X. It says, keep up the good work, dudes. Love the concept. Love the sincerity. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great review. Uh, four. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. So thank you, Tommy, and yeah, uh, we appreciate you, Tommy it. Thanks, man. I'm glad it comes through because we try to be sincere and um, and just try and be real. I think the both of us when we do this. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's all about it's all about being real, man. There's 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 no curtains to hide behind with this. <laughs> no. And then speaking of which, this week we're gonna cover uh, we're gonna cover the four horsemen. Of PTSD. That's right. Four horsemen riding. That's right. Four horsemen riding. <laughs> so, uh, according to the Department of Veterans Affairs and their National Center for PTSD, six out of 10 men and five out of 10 women will experience PTSD. And at least one traumatic event will happen to almost everyone in a lifetime, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Not, not when you think about really. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, to be honest, if you could probably get away with just one, that's actually probably really good. Yeah. Well, your, your ACEs score would be really goddamn low, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? But I um, figure, you know, your parents and some people have uh, family pets or maybe some people have siblings or, you know, grandparents, you know, something like that. So you're liable to be close enough to one of them. That, oh um, yeah, dude, we got yeah. generational trauma. We got our physical traumas, our mo- emotional traumas. We got all kinds of traumas floating around. Speaking, speaking of let, let's just clarify just in case um, PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. Post-traumatic yes. stress disorder. Yes, it is. And Post-traumatic stress disorder, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, it is a disorder that some people develop after experiencing a shocking, scary, or dangerous event. 
And it says women are more likely to experience sexual assault or childhood sexual abuse. And men are more likely to experience accidents, physical assault, combat disaster, or witness death or injury. And I find that, I, I think that those are a little bit, a little bit disjointed, to be honest with you, man. I think that's kind of a, I think that's kind of a, you know, patriarchal. Can, you, can you go back to the, the, the definition? quick yes it is a disorder that some people develop after experiencing a shocking scary or dangerous event but i'm just wondering if if um it could be classified because i know tra with trauma itself it's either it's either a real event or an imagined you know? Well, th well, that's what we're going to get into because that's where the four horsemen of the PTSD comes in. Okay. Because I learned some interesting stuff while I was doing my research for this episode. Um, but so just for the basic overview of the statistics, um, PTSD can happen to anyone. Uh, a lot, everybody, mostly, we're, we're mostly looking at PTSD through the lens of veterans through our service men and women and, and our first responders, because that's where you hear about a lot of it in the media. But we tend to forget that people who have major car accidents, um, abuse, um, they witness something, it can, it can be triggered and, and it can affect anyone. It's not a sign of weakness. Sure. Not at all. Um, and 8 million adults in a given year will experience a traumatic event that could bring on PTSD. There you go. Pretty, which is pretty, which is pretty scary when you really. Think yeah, about that's it. a significant number, and you know, like you said, it's it's a it's a real thing, and um, I, I think you know, not to get too far off topic, but I think, but I think placing like the a stigma or something like that on top of it just you know makes it worse. Absolutely. Intens intensifies the you know emotion or feeling. Oh yeah. Now, according to the Mayo Clinic, post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event, like we said, either experiencing it or witnessing it. And symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. And most of us will have a traumatic event, but a lot of us have better coping skills than others. Although I, I don't know if that's necessarily true when you really, I don't know how well our coping skills really are as much as we, as much as we uh, mask stuff more than we actually respond to it. I mean, if we pay attention, you know, I think, I, I, I don't know. I think if you pay attention enough, then, you know, depending on the situation and the variables, but like you may, uh, you may get knocked off, you know, the bridge, but, you know, maybe on your climb back up to the bridge, you, you start to think about some of those tools, you know, and skills. And so, you know, well, I, absolutely. I, one of the major coping strategies that they suggest for PTSD is actually CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. No, not, no, not at all. But that is a very highly touted therapy modality that they talk about for dealing with PTSD. Yeah, because I mean, just trauma in general is you. It's like um, you know, we we say trauma, but it, there's also like you know, physical trauma to the brain. So you know, it, it it could be like a loss of of flexibility as far as like um, like 
memory and stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. So, that's, so, so this is uh, now in order to be considered to have PTSD, uh, symptoms will usually begin within three months of the traumatic event or incident, but sometimes they begin later. Maybe you might even experience them a bit earlier, but there's four, the four horsemen of PTSD. Now, in order to be diagnosed with PTSD, an adult must have all of the following for at least a month. And this is how they quantify it. The first horseman is at least one re-experiencing symptom. So horseman one is a re-experiencing symptom. Uh, horseman two is an avoidance symptom. Now, for the next two, you have to have two of the following. So it's an arousal and reactivity symptom. You have to have two of those. And for the fourth horseman, it's cognition and mood symptoms. And you there you go, yeah. And you have to experience two of those for at least a month. So what's a re-experiencing symptom, you think? Well, I guess it would just be like a, a recurring memory or something like that, I would think. Absolutely, man. It says flashbacks, bad, yeah. dream, bad dreams or nightmares, and frightening thoughts. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's kind of what I asked earlier before I knew what you were getting into is the, the imagined side of things, you know, it's, it's, it's like we can, you know, we always, I don't know if we always tend to focus on the negative, but like, you know, it's like, um, kind of like you are what you think sort of thing. It's Absolutely. like, you know, you start thinking more in a negative way, then you're going to, you know, you're going to see more negative, you're going to, you know, some negative outcomes, but also on the, it works on the flip side too. So. Oh, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Um, and re-experiencing symptoms not only causes, it causes that bodily reaction, it leaves that indelible mark, man, on your hard drive. It's, it's, it's like getting yeah. a scratch. It is. It's getting a scratch on that rec on that vinyl, man. It's like that scratch yeah, doesn't is. go away. No, so, it's there. Yeah. So experiencing it, it, you can have, you know, experience those things. For, for, for a lifetime, really. I mean, almost the way, you know, I, 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 to use the a term like shell shock, you know what I mean? Where you're mm -hmm. just like, so for horseman two, the avoidance symptoms, what do you think some avoidance symptoms are? Well, I guess would probably be, um, you know, maybe avoiding um, social interactions or, or going outside of the house to certain events. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, staying away from places, events, or objects that are reminders of the experience. Right. Yeah. And I, I can tell you this from experiencing car accident, major car accident that affected my entire life, man. Now, you know, since, and it's like, yeah. I, I really avoided that road for a while. I was taking yeah, you told different, me roads, that. different roads to work. Um, and I still experience that when I, a white pickup truck is next to me on the highway, I still get, I get really, I grip the steering wheel. I get really nervous. I'm just like, it's, it's like that, that it leaves that mark on you. And, and of course, if you have a negative, if you have a negative record spinning in your head and it leaves such an indelible mark on it, it's hard to get that record to stop spinning at times, man. Right. Yep. You um, get stuck all, in one of the grooves. 
Absolutely. You get stuck in one of the grooves. Also avoiding thoughts or feelings related to the traumatic event. So that's a denial factor right there. Right. And yep. that's, that's a, that's not a good response to, to a, that's a, a, a harsh response to a bad situation. However, it's, that's a survival mechanism. I would right. think, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that would be, which horseman is that? Is that the two? That's the second horseman. That's number the two. Second that's horseman. I feel like that second horseman is really, uh, Really, the one that people um, get to know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I I feel like that's the most popular horseman. Just being, you know, not an avoidance and all that stuff. You know. Well, we're good at avoiding just everyday stuff. Yeah. So, so when stuff causes us real pain, we definitely don't want to. We want to avoid that street <laughs> at any cost, man. Yeah. At any cost. Horseman number three is arousal and reactivity symptoms. So what do you think? What do you think so that it, would be? Hmm, I'm kind of feeling like that's similar to the first one where you're just kind of like, uh, you know, maybe recalling the event in your head or, or maybe you're, uh, uh, if somebody does something to trigger the thought, I guess. Yeah, actually, according to the, according to, according to this, the arousal symptoms are usually constant. Believe oh. it or not. Um, instead of being triggered by something that brings back memories of the traumatic event, um, they can make the person feel stressed, angry. Uh, they make it hard to do daily tasks, such as sleeping, eating, or concentrating. It's uh, really feeling that constant on edge feeling, like just mm -hmm. that constant, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And, and obviously, you know, if you have difficulty sleeping, then your whole cycle is going to be yeah off because sleep is such as, an important part yeah as we all know and we've talked about before everything is interconnected man so if one little uh you know if, if one string is out of tune the other ones are gonna sound kind of crappy too you know yeah that g chord is not gonna sound quite right if that that string is eh, yeah. slightly flat or sharp man yeah you know, you're gonna be yeah. slightly off which it's you know I definitely, I definitely think that the arousal and reactivity symptoms, and there's so many correlations to other disorders that are just a common thread through all these things, man. It's like, right. it doesn't matter if you have PTSD or depression or if you suffer from a substance abuse disorder of some type, there's so many of these correlating factors that, that wave in, that weave in and out of the, out sure. of the fabric. Absolutely. So the fourth horseman is the cognition and mood symptoms. And those, those tend to be trouble remembering key features of the traumatic event. Yeah. Uh, negative thoughts about oneself or the world. Yep. Uh, distorted feelings like guilt or blame. And loss of interest in enjoyable activities. That sounds like depression to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> you, know? you know, in the, I'm actually, um, I'm almost done listening to a book it, uh, called The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah, I just put which, it on hold today. Which is about trauma. <laughs> it's by Bessel van der Kolk or something like that. But anyways, he, he uh, it, there's a part in there where he says, uh, deeply traumatized people tend to feel shame. And that shame ends up being worse than the trauma itself at times. Oh yeah. Shame is, shame is horrendous. 
it's one of the worst negative emotions that you can experience because it causes all kinds of things within yourself to break down. Your right. self-confidence breaks down, your, your willingness to try new things, just your, 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 your life kind of just kind of can plummet, man. And your, and your will to live may just actually just diminish. It's like when, it's like when, uh, when all the orcs breach Helm's Deep, you know, it's like, it's just <laughs> wide open. Absolutely. Now children, children react typically different than adults oftentimes during PTSD. Um, um, children who, ex who have extreme reactions to trauma um, in very young children, less than six years of age, symptoms can include wetting the bed after having already learned to use the toilet, uh, forgetting how or being unable to talk. You hear yep. so many times of kids who just don't talk uh, you know, after a seriously traumatic event, um, acting out the very out acting out the scary event during playtime, which you know happens a lot, like with abuse, and you hear about that with domestic abuse. Right, domestic I think that's abuse. how. Like when they do, like um, you know, if if they catch, you know, if say if it happened in school and they get like a, a psychologist you know, to come and evaluate the, the child. They usually bring them into a room and do some kind of play and see what, right. you know, that's how they can read sort of like, you know, what's going on and maybe get a better, um, better view. Yeah. Like where they'll take a, you know, stuffed animal off a child. They think a child's right. been sexually abused. They may say, you know, is there something you can show me with the stuffed animal or, or it's oftentimes kids will draw pictures of, yeah. of the bad stuff. That's you know, happened. it's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but um, I I don't know where I don't recall where it was, but um, I read somewhere that also um, tr uh, uh, trauma and kids sometimes will come out um, like they expose themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, I've, whether I've heard of that know, before. Yes, I've heard of that before. Too. Like they pee on, like they'll just pull their pants out and pee right on the floor or something. You know. Yeah. Weird like that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's like a, a way. That's obviously it's a cry for help in some. I, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I just remember um, as we you're talking, I just remembered somewhere I was reading that, and um, yeah, they were talking about traumatized children. So. And they can also become unusually clingy to a parent or another adult. Sure. Yep. I can see that for sure. But like you said, I think, um, you know, uh, sleep problems, headaches. Um, they also say um, overly sense, uh, sensory, you know, like loud sounds. Oh, stuff yeah, like that. absolutely. Absolutely. That's, a, that's an arousal symptom. For sure, that that hyperactive, that hyper, yeah, that hyper um, alertness that you experience, and I, a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't know this story, but um, when uh, in 2013, uh, I was under investigation for workers' compensation fraud, which I did not commit. I was, you know, not, I nothing happened with it, but the organization that I worked for just decided that you know i was i was the i was the worthy candidate to follow and take pictures of and i will tell you this i, I will say this for the last couple of it's 
the last year it's diminished a lot. The last couple of years it's diminished a lot because it's been almost seven years. But I will say that just driving into my neighborhood after that and coming into my where my house is, I was a nervous wreck. Like I'd be looking in the woods, like because there was they uh, the the investigator that was investigating me was actually hiding in the woods across the street from my house. Yeah, he and, told me that. And, like he wasn't he like asking your talking to your oh he went to, oh he had to go to the house next door to let them know that he wasn't you know a pervert that he oh uh, okay that he was that he was investigating their neighbor so that was that was pretty nice uh to find out uh that you know people you know because uh my next door neighbor was walking the dog and uh she happens to see this guy in the woods with the camera you, you don't know what the you don't know what the, yeah you know what yeah people yeah are doing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I will say this, it, it's still, and you know, I, I don't have it as much today cause I know what to look for. I know who I'm looking for. I know what I'm looking at. And it, it caused a lot of issues for the first couple of years. Oh, um, sure. That's, uh, and when know. I finally got to go back to work and stuff, I, uh, and, and finally got to go back to playing and stuff, man, I had to cancel some gigs because I got so nerve. I got so disjointed and nervous about people looking at me and it, it took it took it took quite a while man for me to you know took quite a while it took a toll on my family too oh, i'm sure my wife my wife because my wife you know they went to my wife's work and they did uh, it, oh yeah yeah wow yeah yeah they followed me around for I don't know, off and on for about four months. And they tried to tell me that because, you know, I could do certain things that I could do my job and, you know, lift 50 pounds constantly. And it, it, it was total, it was total farce. Oh, now, yeah, I, now I will, I will say this, man, did I make any mistakes? Yes, I did. You know, I, I went against my doctor's orders. I didn't stay in the house like I was supposed to. I wasn't supposed right. to, I wasn't supposed to be driving. And that was in my medical records, which for, for, for the federal government, you know, the federal government's really black and white. If it says it on a piece of paper and you agree to it, they're coming after you for it, no matter what. So just beware of all that, man, you know, out there. Yeah. But, but I, I will say this PTSD is tough, man. And, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and a, and a car light just, just makes you wake up you've got a hypersensory disorder part going on you know what i mean it's it's i've lived this I, on I top this. of on top of having anxiety on top day. of anxiety and depression yes. and and yeah. you know and and starting to feel suicidal and everything else man it's just like yeah. it's you know that's a suit yeah. that uh that's a very, <laughs> that's a suit <laughs> that i do not do not want in front of me I yeah do you not don't want that suit man that's not a that's a grief no. spot. That's a grief gazpacho. That's <laughs> grief what we're gonna call gazpacho. that. <laughs> that's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a heavy, heavy, thick gazpacho, man. Yeah, man. You're, you can't see, you know. You can't see what vegetables are in that stuff, man. No, no, <laughs> no. Jeez. Yeah. So how do I? So while we're talking, um, some of the ways that PTSD is treated is I, one of the biggest ones is psychotherapy talk therapy for people with PTSD. Yeah. Is a, a very highly touted way to, to, to start therapy and it can occur on a one-to-one -one if you have a therapist or a lot of people feel better in groups. 
Like I realized that I realized the group dynamic for me really helps because it helps to, it helps to hear other people's stories. Yeah. And it, you know, and it helps to have that shared common pain. You know what I mean? In the beginning, like if you asked me that, you know, three or four, four or five years ago, I probably would have said no way, but now absolutely being exposed to it and, and kind of uh, understanding it more, I would definitely say the group thing is, is, um, is definitely a, a, a positive step. Yeah. Did you now, cause you are our, our group leader. What, um, did, did you know, have you noticed a big difference with your personal one-on-one -on -one therapy and the, does the group therapy help offset it or does it work in tandem with it or I think it, um, or do you would for you, would it work as a, as a soul therapy? You know what I mean? As the only therapy. If, if, if I don't, I, I, um, yeah, it might, it might be, you know, it's hard to say, but I think right now for me, it, I would go with the tandem, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just do what we did a, um, we did a, uh, the zoom, we did a virtual meeting, um, like a week or so ago and it, and I, I, you know, didn't realize how much I knew I missed it, you know, but then like, you know, seeing a couple of the, the familiar faces and stuff. And I was just like, and before you knew it, we were, you know, talking for like, it was like an hour and we we're all just, you know, so it was definitely, it's definitely missed for sure. It's definitely, um, I would say a, a positive part in the game. Oh yeah. I missed that. I was on an AFSP thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I miss group. I really do. I'd like to actually have us get to a point where we can do group like once a week, even. Yeah. Some, some point in, in, in the future, you know what I mean? As, as well, I'm going yeah, to I'm I'm try to do a, another one next, I'm going to probably next week. Or I'm going to, I meant to send out uh, a text today and I just haven't had a chance. Um, they say actually one of the therapies that works very good for PTSD is exposure therapy. Yeah. Um, is that, uh, e EMDR in there too? Uh, it does not list EMDR in here. And I, I, mean, I don't know if that rapid eye movement is, is an FDA thing or uh, if maybe. it's a, if it's more of a holistic thing where you're not going to get necessarily the sign off from a you know government organization on stuff like that i hear that it's great with trauma just from that's, what i've read yeah that's some from what i've read i've 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 heard that also and i'm actually kind of interested in in trying it because i i can it's i've also read that it can help with depression too yeah helps. I, and i don't get what the rapid eye i like i I don't know if it's like a hyper like aware thing or I think it's almost more of like because it's focusing on like you're it's more of a um in-depth focus but then at the same so I'm not really sure but I kind of think that it it ha <clears throat> has something to do with maybe even your subconscious because you're kind of like focused on you're kind of focused on whatever it is you're you're you know, your eyes are following. Right. And, but then, but then you're also, you're supposed to be talking about, you're bringing up past memories and stuff. So 
Oh, so it must be sort of like a re a reconfiguring of how could be pro- I'm not, reprocessing maybe because of the eyes and I've talked I talked to somebody I think online there was like a, a group on Facebook maybe um, mm-hmm. and somebody had mentioned it and I said I've I've read about it I said how have you done it have you tried it and they said they tried two different sessions and uh, it was good but they said that they were like completely wiped at the end of it oh yeah yeah i can, ima- I can imagine so I, I mean that's the thing with therapy uh, um i mean if you're really working the therapy i mean you're really digging deep dude it wastes you it oh will, for sure it, it will waste you it will just it'll lay you, it'll splay you out man yep. you know depending on you know and especially if you're susceptible to low energy as it is because of it it'll just sap every bit of strength out of you but I think it pays off in the long run. And you of know, course they it. talk and of course they talk about medications as, you know, and they, they most of the time it's it includes antidepressants. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's it's kind of all uh interconnected there, you know, so maybe some I mean cuz they use I think it's like um I want to say like they use like uh, like a ADHD medication for some depression, I think too. Well, they've they've used off-label stuff for different things, and they there's certain aspects of like there's a um, a blood a medication that you take for high blood pressure that can actually and I, it's I have it here and I can't remember the name of it right now, but that some people t- take it for state for. Uh, for stage uh, fright because it's really? supposed to help. Yeah. It's supposed to help kind of helps keep your blood flowing. It's like a, it's like almost like a blood thinner, I think. Um, hmm. But interesting. Um, so well, I uh, think, go ahead. No, go ahead. I no, sorry about that. No, I was just going to say, cause you, it kind of just popped into my head when you said about stage fright and blood and stuff. And then I think, um, there was something, um, there was something that he said in the, in the, that, uh, the body keeps the score while listening to that. Um, he said, having a biological system that keeps pumping out stress hormones to deal with real or imagined threats leads to more physical problems as well. Sure. It can, it, it starts, it's a disease. Yeah, it's a big disease factor for a lot of people. Is that those those chemicals just being cortisol being sprayed out into your system? Right. Like, you know, it, it's it's a <laughs> psychological, physiological. It's, uh, yeah, you know? it's it encompasses all of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, some of the risk factors for PTSD for people who who ha- are more susceptible to maybe experiencing about a PTSD. Um, some of them include living through dangerous events and traumas. Obviously, that's probably kind of a, a misnomer, I would think, right there. It's, we, we would think that that's kind of a logical thing, I would guess. Uh, getting hurt, seeing people hurt or killed, uh, yeah. childhood childhood trauma. And we talk about childhood trauma a lot. And I would suggest to everybody, and I've in past episodes where Timmy and I have talked about ACEs, the, uh, the scores, um, you really should know your ACEs score when it comes to trauma. Um, we've shared it in, the, in some episodes 
um, where you can go onto the website and take the 20, 20 questionnaire, 20 question uh, thing and, and fill it out. And your score is, you know, anything above, I think a four is pretty, you start to get into those really traumatic right parts of your parts of yourself maybe we can maybe we can um post a link on the facebook page yeah yeah i wanted to i was actually going to post uh the guy who uh one of the guys involved in aces was actually just on a nami uh call with uh oh, cool. with matt with matt shapiro a couple weeks ago and i was gonna actually it was like the week after we did the episode where we mentioned it and I was going to actually post it on our page and I couldn't find the link for it. But if I find it, I'll put it up. Okay. Uh, another risk factor is uh, feeling helpless. Uh, horror, horror feelings or extreme fear. Just living in that fear all yeah. the time, whether it's bombs dropping over your head or you, your, your drunken parent coming home and slamming the door shut, man. And, and, and having to walk on eggshells, uh, having little or no social support after the event. And especially when you come to a, an event where people are so used to it and they, they don't know their own selves, of course, they're going to be just like, you know, that's the avoidance thing, man. Just sure. I think it's also, I think, that, you know, a piece of that too could be a, the stigma too. You know, it's, it's that whole, uh, especially for men. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, don't yeah. Need, bro, I don't need that. I got, I know how to handle this. Absolutely, yeah. A couple times. Yeah, I've I've been through it, man. I killed people. I've been through yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, you know. But when you wake up in in a cold sweat with, you know, just the utmost body and fear, just stiff. That's why know, Will, Will and I have both talked about in the past um, since since day one is having a struggle, buddy. You know, and I think that's something that has um, followed us throughout each episode yeah absolutely and ha find yourself a struggle buddy and if you don't have a struggle buddy but you know somebody that is struggling reach out to that person you be their struggle buddy because if you're their struggle buddy then they're more likely to make it through and so are you so right they'll probably help you out as well absolutely absolutely yeah that's having, a good one Will. having a and you know kind of kind of goes back to that thing with with the kids on school bus now like the kids all have people that they sit with, like they sit mm -hmm. with the same kid every day. It's kind of like their bus riding buddy. So you need a, you need a struggle buddy for the struggle bus, man. You just yeah. And maybe, yes. you can, and maybe who knows, maybe you can put two more in the seat next to you and you can create your own little group of, of struggle buddies and you know, you can help each other out, man. Right. Um, also um, dealing with extra stress after an event. Um, a lot of people will experience a traumatic event, but then they'll lose a pet. They'll lose a loved yep. one. They'll lose a job or they'll, or they'll live with chronic pain. And like for me, when I went through all this, I lost my job. I, I literally had to have surgery on my spine, which I'm still, my spine is still not right and it never will be. Um, and I had to figure out what the hell I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I still haven't figured that out. Well, we, well, I think we have figured it out. It's, it's obviously going to be mental health, but you know, it's, it's like, you don't understand how much I, I, I didn't give myself enough credit for coming through some of the stuff that I've come through and still being above ground, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, 
there's a lot of people out there who have overcome a lot worse than I have, but it's like, you, it, you know, it, it, it resides in you differently. And, and it, and it, I, I don't know. Sure. And I, I think, and even, even, you know, I, I hear it a lot within the mental health you know, community, which I'm not a fan of, but a lot, there's always like a lot of comparison going on. Like, you know, my trauma is, is, is worse than yours. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, trauma is trauma i get it some are more extreme than others but like you don't know how somebody handles it you know what i mean somebody might hold on to that trauma closer than 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 the next person so they're going to be struggling a lot worse you know what i mean so to it's i just don't i i just it's not really about uh you know comparison it's about the mission you know Absolutely. And I agree. And that kind of gets us to another point because Tim and I are going to do an episode on post-traumatic stress growth, which has been talked about a lot in positive psychology. And, um, and depending on which part of the psychology world you come from, there's some people think it's a myth that you don't grow from it. And then other people think it's, it's actually like a very viable thing. And there's been a bunch of articles and, and studies done in the last few years. And we're going to do an episode on that coming up pretty soon about post-traumatic stress, about post-traumatic growth. And I, I think that anything can help you grow as long as you have enough distance and you can, and you've, rectified the pain that you have and you, right and, and, you can comprehend you least... no you, i was just gonna say you can comprehend like what what it is that you that you have to do or what what it is that you have been through you know what i mean i i there's no there's no um limit to the tools that you can have whether or not somebody believes in it whether or not it, it's it's approved by government or whoever you can never have too many tools and to, to just have or access uh, or access to those tools. or access. Absolutely. You don't even need, you don't even need the tools necessarily right away, but you just have to be able to have those tools at your disposal, regardless of yeah. whether you want to choose that one or a different one. Right. Um, like when you go in, when you go into the studio and you're going to record a full length album, you may want a, a nice arsenal of, of guitars you know, granted, you may only have two or three yourself, but maybe the producer or engineer's got a couple different ones. You might want to try them out, and they may not work. But you know what? Why not try them, right? Absolutely, different instruments have different tone, tonal qualities, right. and different sounds. Yeah. Now, granted, we we know what the risk factors are, but you know what? There's resilience factors that actually will help reduce PTSD. Oh, let's hear about those. So one of them is something that we obviously do quite a bit of, and that's seeking out support from other people, such as friends and family. So that goes right into the, uh, that goes into the next one, which is finding a support group after a traumatic event. Nice. So, and then learning to feel good about one's own, one's own actions in the face of danger. And that's a slippery slope, man, because I will say this after after a traumatic event, it, it can, it will decimate your confidence. And if you have no confidence going into it, it'll, it, it'll just obliterate it and you'll be sure. buried under, you know, you'll be buried 20,000 leagues under the sea. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. that's, that's a tough one. Um, There's probably going to be a lot of opposite, opposite action too, you know, as far as, you know, you, 
depending on what it is, you may have done whatever you did, you know, to a, a high standard and you're okay with it, but maybe, um, you know, the company that you did it for or, or other people may not approve and, and view it as a negative thing. So it's just uh, like a, a skewing of truth or of some sorts. Yeah. And I know in my case, that was, that was the case. I know for a while, I'm sure. Um, but you know, you do what you, you do the best you can at the time and that's it. You know, you can't, you can't question it and you know, you can't actually, and that comes down to, you can't take things personally because it's never really, it's never really you. It's always the, you're the reflection yep. of what those other people don't want to see or, or back to the, back to the four agreements. Yeah, exactly. Don't, Don don't Miguel. Take anything. Don't that's take right. anything don't take personally. personally. <laughs> Isn't that the fourth agreement? I that the think fourth so. Agreement? It's either the third or fourth. Yeah. I was going to say, it's pretty, that's the, that's like one of the, the second to last one or the last one. I forget. It's been a while since I read that book. I'll yeah. It was it. just recently for me, but I'm trying to be impeccable with your word. Was that the first one? Yeah, that's the first one. Um, um, I'm not sure. I'm trying, trying to think what the heck. Hold on. I'll get it. <laughs> I'll get it. So, Hold on. so another resilience factor while Timmy's looking through the four. It's number two. Number oh, two. Oh, it is. Okay. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. There we go. See, look at that. Yeah. So and that and the, so that comes to the last resilience factor that's listed here, and that's being able to act and respond effectively despite feeling fear. And Ooh. that's a tough one, man. After you've come through a really traumatic experience, trying to have, bring that back, I, I you know, and I, and I think that's a practice that, that is that takes a lot of time. I think not only that, but I think I feel like what can also fall into that category is kind of what we were saying earlier about like people, you know, Oh, you know, I, I, I'm used to it. I can handle it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's uh, it's like going to the gym. You know what I mean? Like you may be in shape already, but it doesn't mean you can't go to the gym and still get your workouts in. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like your car, man, a continuous checkup on your car. It's a brand new car, but it doesn't mean you can't check the tires once in a while and make sure the oil's, you know, topped off and enough windshield washer fluid. You know what I mean? Right. If you can kind of maintain that somewhat of a, a level of wellness, I feel like it would be easier to um, come back from. I agree. I definitely, I agree that I agree with that wholeheartedly. So how do you think you can help yourself? What you, with what? <laughs> with, with with your with your symptoms or how do you help yourself move on or how do you help yourself get help well i you know i would think you know kind of some of the things that you said have um have some either friends or family support um i would say get yourself a therapist that you can work with someone you can trust and um and just keep trying, trying new, um, new things that, you know, can, can benefit you in a positive way, whether it's, um, uh, you know, find a group therapy or find 
um, a new uh, something uh, uh, like a hobby or something like that, you know. Absolutely, I like that. Try and surround yourself with um, like-minded people. I think that would be a um, another positive thing. Absolutely. Um, so talking with your doctor and, and, and about your treatment options and what you can do is, is listed here. Um, engage in mild physical activity or exercise. Yeah. And I, I still swear by a walk, man. I still swear by a walk. Sure. That's yeah. Yeah. We were given these two feet to walk or run one or the other. That's really all you need is your own body weight and your own feet. Yeah. You know I mean, and if you're able to, uh, you know, if you're able to, like you do once in a while, is go outside barefoot and maybe walk around a little bit. Yeah, That's grounding. Cool. Yeah, grounding, being in that nature, even just being in nature, just sitting under yeah. a tree. Yeah. Into the birds or whatever. Um, so another big thing is uh, for people who are getting over PTSD and, and learning how to cope and, and coming back from it uh, is setting realistic goals for yourself. You can't. You can't, you know, you can't eat the whole, a shark even eats a whale right. one bite at a time, man. You know what I mean? When, yeah. when they're, when they're lucky enough to, to, to get through that ordeal. <laughs> and I think even uh, kind of what I was, again, what we were talking about earlier is, is don't compare, you know, you yeah, know not, everybody's, is... not everybody's measuring tape is uh, going to be the same. So you can't look at somebody's experience, even if it's, you know, oh, they suffered less trauma. So I should be, you know, don't, don't do that. Well, yeah, That's don't just, yeah, don't minimize uh, your pain because right. you don't think that it's, that it, that it's, you know, on the level of someone else's because that, that's a, you, you're going to, you're going to set yourself up against a wall. that's going to be very hard to get over trying to, trying to move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like relearn. It's like, uh, you know, maybe relearning um, guitar with, with, with uh, uh, a bass. You know what I mean? Like you always played a six string guitar and someone's like, here, you know, I don't have a guitar, but here you can try and relearn things on a bass, on a four string bass. And you're like, ah, it's not the same. You know, it's not really, you know, I need my, I need my guitar, you know? Right. But there's so many things that correlate on that bass that correlate to guitar. So they do sort of so you can find you can find the you can find the ends to everything if, if as long as you're as long as you're open to it and I, and i think the biggest thing there for you people, go i think the biggest thing is the willingness and it always comes back and it, it comes back to the willingness to to pursue these things to pursue sure. the outcomes that you want to pursue yep absolutely yeah that's a big one for sure and, and always identify, identify, identifying things, whether it's identifying your emotions negatively or identifying your positive emotions or even identifying your triggers. Like there are oh, things yeah. that will trigger, man. And if, and if you know that, if you know that you have triggers and there's people around you that don't, you may need to be a self-advocate. And, and, and speak up about, about those things and say, you know, I, I really can't handle this right now. I got to, it's, that's part of self-care. And it's the self-care is, you know, is just gonna say that's a, that's a huge part of self-care. Just being, you know, number one, notify, you know, being able to uh, recognize it. And then number two, being able to communicate it. Yeah. You know, communication. 
I think, think it's communicating. Man. I think communicating it is is the toughest part. Because yeah, I think it, I think <laughs> I think in I think in most people you can figure out what you want to say. Like you know how you're feeling. You may just not yeah. have you may not have the vocabulary or the or feel that you have the strength to say it. But but that that's something that you can learn. You can learn how to how to speak about your emotions and and I, I that for me like writing is is a big part of that because I can express myself in a different manner when I write stuff down than I can when I when I speak because sure yeah there's times where my tongue just gets way ahead of my brain and I just can't it's just it it doesn't come out the way I hear the words in my head but I just don't quite get them out out of the pie holes right yep you can focus on it a little bit more as you're writing and plus when you're writing it, it's almost that like uh three, two, one rule. You kind of like take a little bit of time with the words. Absolutely. And not only that, but it actually gets it out of your brain and onto a piece of paper. And that right. is, that is a form of therapy that I, that I absolutely has changed my life as far as sure. just being able to write and actually knowing that writing is, is, is such a beneficial part of, of, um, of therapy for anybody and i think that can but it doesn't even not even just therapy but just in general it's just it's just yeah. good it's just good i agree and now if you're looking for help uh you can go to to um a mental health specialist be it a psychiatrist a psychologist social worker mental health counselors um you can go to a health maintenance organization um a community mental health center if those are available in your town um you can reach out to a hospital psychiatric department or outpatient clinic, um, mental health programs, university or medical schools. If you're in school and you're, you're suffering, you can go to see, you know, your school psychologist or, or, you know, have a, a therapist yourself. Um, but one of the things that I'm, I'm really big on is peer support. Yeah. I, I think peer support has been looked at as, Oh, they don't know anything because they don't have the, the initials next to their name and that's and that's been proven over the years that there's that stigma with peer support that peers you know aren't worthy because they only their patients or their their customers or mm. you know what i mean that that, yeah. that survivor thing is yeah you no know, but i i you know and it it wasn't proven to me until i came to group and i'm glad that you you started this group and it was until then when I was in a room full of people that I was like, Whoa, okay. This is pretty yeah. cool, man. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel the same way for sure. That's how I felt when I first did it. And um, yeah, not that it's funny that you say that cause not that long ago, uh, I, I forget it was, we were talking some, something about mental health related and, and I got the, I got the um, comment that, you know, just, just because you co-host a podcast doesn't make you an expert, you know, where did you graduate from? I said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing my two cents in. I never said, you know, but. Oh, really? Get, oh yeah. Well, yeah, you, you get, get you get those. Yeah, you get those. It's, you know, and I, but again, that's, that's, that's par for the course, man. I, yeah. You know, yeah. But know. that's like, you know, going back to like what you said, the the whole peer support thing is kind of, um, depending on who's, who's doing the looking is looking, it's looked down upon, you know, it is, it's, it's in the last, 
10 to 15 to 20 years, it's become a very, a very beneficial part of, of, of mental health and people's yeah. regimens. And I, as someone who is actually in the process now of being certified through New York state to be a peer support specialist, cause I'm, I'm in the middle of taking classes. Um, I, I've learned that I'm learning the history of peer support and why it was started. And, and dude, you know, the people that, people that were against it were against it because it was going to bring out all of the dirty laundry that was going on to all these patients that they were just experimenting on and just take it. It was just, it's, it's actually pretty scary what, what has happened oh, yeah. in the last hundred years to, to people who are mentally ill. And then we watch it now unfold, you know, almost on a weekly basis, man. And, you know, walk down any street in America and, find home a homeless population which you're pretty much going to anywhere nowadays and i guarantee you there's most of those people are suffering because there's an underlying mental health issue that hasn't been addressed or you know diagnosed or you know they're just they got tired of the system they got tired yeah maybe slipped through the cracks you know yeah absolutely Well, that's what we, we like to sweep things under the rug when we don't, when they don't fit our paradigm. Yeah. 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 But if you are, if if anybody out there is experiencing any, any form of, um, or in crisis and, uh, you, you feel like texting, uh, the text line is seven, four, one, seven, four, one, and you can text talk to that. And somebody will text you. Um, you can also call the the national suicide prevention hotline. If you're, if you're in crisis and you think you're going to hurt yourself, then that's 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-TALK. Um, even 911, you know, even 911. Yeah. If you, if you, if you're in immediate danger, I say 911 because now even taking yourself to the emergency room, I don't know what the protocol is with all this, pandemic stuff going on yeah I, I mean i know that there's been a you know i know that there's been a lot of people who've refused to go to the emergency room because they're afraid of getting sick or they think that they can't but there there are mechanisms out there to help you yeah but, definitely uh, but you know this is this is another disorder that we can get better from man and the more we talk about it and the more we uncover the un uncover the the dark uncovered. Yes, that's right. And once we, you know, once we cover the uncovered, we'll, uh, we'll be better off for it, man. What did you say? What did you say to me today? You said more conversation decreases devastation. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the idea, man. More, more conversation. And that's why we're going to continue to have these conversations regardless of whether people like it or not. But I think, yeah. but I think people do. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think um, we're really going to try and push it a little extra this month just because of it is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes, this is the second week of Mental Health Awareness Month, actually. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is pretty apropos for these days nowadays. The mental health awareness is, you know, is, uh, is big. So until next week, uh, we're going to finish it up for today. But uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Don't forget, rate, uh, review, share with your friends. Um, yes, thank you for, for-
for anybody that does tune in and check us out and um, feel free to leave a, a review or, or a like or, or something. Yep. yep. Share a star or, and uh, you know, help us out there, man. and keep us going. So until next week, be well, be safe, be above. above. Above Ground Podcast is in no way intended to be a substitute for professional help in any manner or degree. We are not therapists, doctors, or professionals in the medical field. These are the opinions and experiences of two individuals just like you, our peers, who live with mental illness and all of its conditions. If you or anyone you know are experiencing a mental health crisis, please go to your nearest emergency room, call 911, or you can call the National Suicide Hotline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. 8255. Be well, be safe, be above.